listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went quickly, went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest all that had happened. The chief priest assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Welcome. Um, So here we are on Monday of the octave of Easter. It is still Easter. It is still Easter. And you know, we have the 40 days of Lent to prepare. And then Easter arrives. We've got the 50 days of the Easter season. So the 40 days in which our Lord was appearing and disappearing to the church and the different stories of that. And then his ascension back to the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And then the nine days of prayer, the first novena at the end of which was the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So 50 days, the word Pentecost meaning 50 days from Passover. So um, we need to get ready for another season. You know, so what are you giving up for the season of Easter? Oh no, we never asked that question, right? (laughs) But, um, and uh, once again, for those who are blessed to go to mass every day or to look at the readings and prayers every day, the church has done a marvelous job pulling all of it together for us. And uh, I would like to offer a word of encouragement to everyone. Um, If you have the opportunity to sit down with your Bible and take a look at the accounts of the resurrection stories in their entirety. You know, at Mass, we're just getting snippets here and there, like uh, yesterday from John 20, and then Tuesday, tomorrow, we get a little more of it than on this coming Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday, we get a little more of it. But I would propose it's so good to take the time to sit with your Bible and actually read the accounts in their entirety, you know, um, and uh, just to take it all in. And um, it's so good. And uh, so here's the thing that's a little theme for today, okay? Um, The the, uh, stories of the resurrection are messy. They are messy. One of my favorite books, um, all about the resurrection. It's a big theological book by N.T. Wright, almost 900 pages, all on the resurrection. I've read it three times and I read it, some of it again today. Um, and in there, he's going through the, the different stories from Matthew, the different stories from Mark, the different stories from Luke and the different stories from John. And then a couple of mentions in the letters of St. Paul. 
And you know what? It's kind of messy. And uh, there would be some people who would see that and they would say, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this didn't happen. Maybe this, these stories are, you know, mythology or tales or, you know, made up or whatever. And um, so that is a challenge. That is a challenge. And we accept that challenge. And uh, in that book with N.T. Wright and the really scholarly approach, he uncovers some really interesting details, which I'd love to share with you. In that book, he's proposing that the messiness of the stories, not only do they not pro propose that these stories were made up, rather it's the opposite. The messiness of it all bears witness that this, these stories are authentic and true. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John made a real effort to preserve the truth of what happened. And uh, they did not make up these stories, nor did they make a big effort to clean it up. You know, had they done that, if everything was super neat and clean and fit together perfectly, then maybe somebody would have some ground to stand on. Look at this, you know, maybe this isn't so truthful. Like this is a document from these early believers. They were trying to put together something to convince people of their religion. And so maybe it's not so trustworthy. But what we actually see is something that really has the, the look and feel of authentic, early eyewitness accounts. Now, the messiness of these stories, they never contradict one another. I'm not saying that. And if you take the time to read through Matthew's version, then Mark's version, then Luke's version, then John's version, then Luke's version again... <laughs> They complement each other really beautifully, but there are differences there. And the evangelists made an effort to not edit and clean it up and make it like all, you know, like synthesize and, you know, uh, what do you say in carpentry, you know, like sanding all the roughness out. They left it, which at the end of the day bears witness that these are trustworthy, truthful, authentic accounts. And one of the biggest scandals of them all is the whole thing in the beginning hinges on the testimony of women. <laughs> and in that culture, that didn't mean a thing. No offense, it does now. But in that culture, you know, if you wanted to get a religion started and you wanted to like say, this is what happened in a way that would be convincing to your culture, you would not have the whole thing based off of the testimony of these you know, super pious ladies, you know, in that culture, that didn't amount for anything. And yet here we are. Again, another moment that bears witness to the truthfulness of the account. You know, uh, if it was being made up, they wouldn't have done it that way. So maybe it wasn't made up. How beautiful. And, um, you know, Mary Magdalene, is um, called the apostle to the apostles. See, the word apostle means to be sent. And in today's gospel, Jesus sends her to the others. See, the 12 apostles, they weren't there. So they get the word of Jesus's resurrection initially from the women. And these were the same ladies who were at the cross, actually. You know, and so um, two takeaways for us this, uh, today. First of all, if you're there, you'll get the grace. You know, there's something to be said. So you are at church. It's not a Sunday. You don't have to be here, but you're here. So good to see all of you. We'd like to see you here more. But if you show up, if you're there, 
you will receive the grace. The Lord has uh, an abundance of grace that he wants to give us. There's no limit on the grace the Lord wants to give us. So why do some get some grace and others don't? Ask for it, show up, you know? Um, it reminds me of a story which I love um, when the Virgin Mary appeared to St. Catherine Labouré in 1830 in France, right? The miraculous medal, you know the story? And uh, she had a vision and Virgin Mary told her to have these medals made according to this image. She sees these rings and from the rings in her hands as the mediatrix of grace, the graces are flowing. We see that in the statue of Our Lady of Grace. She's standing on the snake and she's got, you know, the graces coming out of her hands. And then there were some spots where there's no rays coming. And St. Catherine Labore asked her, well, what, what is that? Why are there no graces? And um, Mother Mary says, those are the graces that nobody asks for. <laughs> and when I read that now, I've gotten to the habit, like, I'll take all those graces <laughs> that nobody's asking for. You know, <laughs> I'll take them. They're being asked for now. Ask and you shall receive. You know, go, show up, go to mass, go to confession. Say that rosary as Mary has asked and you will receive. You know, if you're, if you're not showing up and you're not doing it, then maybe the, the, you won't get as many graces. Um, so praise the Lord for that. And then the second takeaway, and this is my favorite, um, just as the different stories are kind of messy, our lives are kind of messy. <laughs> so we can be okay and we can be at peace with the messiness of things, right? That, we look into the mirror and we see ourselves and we know that we are not perfect and those that we live with are not perfect and our families and our situations and our friends and the difficulties and we can feel temptations to frustration, all this imperfection that we find ourselves. What does the prayer say? This valley of tears, you know? But um, one of my favorite prayers that I love to pray usually said partially sarcastically, Lord, bless this mess. You know, this world is so messy. And, um, but here we have the messiness of uh, the situation that the Lord entered into. And so we can be at peace uh, with all the struggles and the difficulties. And uh, sometimes the um, failures and weaknesses, it's okay, it's okay. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, amen. listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.